Hey, hey, hey. We're almost done with Romans. The entire book of Romans. Two more chapters to go. <laughs> all right, all right. I don't know about y'all, but I miss my the stories of the Old Testament. <laughs> well, shoot, those had some wild stuff. People got sucked into the ground and... We're struck to the ground and struck with torment and all that. So, I don't know. If you actually read the entire Bible, I don't know how anybody can read the entire Bible without trembling at least a little bit. Getting little goosebumps and examining your heart and your mind and where you stand with God and and uh, evaluate, doing at least a small evaluation of of assessing your relationship with God, you know. And it's never we should never fall into condemnation when we read the word of God. It should only spur us on to once again, we're not saved by works, but because of the great work that was done on the cross, it inspires us and encourages us to do great works for God, you know, and so. um, And to, yeah, obey and to follow God and make him the Lord, like truly the Lord of our lives. Like, I'm the real child. There's, like, at some point in my life, there will be a day where I wake up in the morning and I and I ask God a simple question. All right, God, what do you want me to do today? And I look, yeah, I actually want my, uh, my desire is to live a life in such a way to where and to like not really have any financial obligations, like no debt to where I can wake up in the morning to where, yeah, if I go work somewhere, anywhere, whatever work I do, it's not because I have to, but because the Lord wills it. And I'm like, all right, Lord, what would you like me to do today? And he, yeah, he gives me, says something to me or whatever, encourages me to go to such and such place. And yeah, this I'm not obligated. Yeah, I don't have to do anything out of obligation. Like it's totally led by the spirit, everything that I do. And that's the thing, too. Even if you're in a place where you got to get up every day and go to that same. Like my dad worked at Ford for 29 years. Right. He was faithful. He was a faithful employee there at Ford. Was like never late to work, like had perfect attendance, never complained. I'm pretty sure God has a reward for my pops in heaven for that. And so, like, I'm just wired differently, though. And, um, yeah, so. Whatever work you do, just as my dad used to always say, whenever you, whatever work you do, do it as unto the Lord. So, <clears throat> that's the beauty of doing this Rebu and Lift stuff now is, like, if I want to take a whole week off, I want to take a whole month off. I can. Um, 
and I look forward to my bills not quite dic- yeah my bills no longer dictating when I work if I just want to spend a whole day and with God just worshiping praying reading the word that's that's my goal in life one of my biggest goals is just be completely free of the obligations of this world you know because there's been there's been so many things we've been told of like this is the way things should be this is the way you go get a job you go to school you go get a job you go get a car you get a house you get all this debt and you work till you die and anyway all right let's go we keep going Romans 15, self-denial on behalf of others. Now we are strong. Now we who are strong in our convictions and faith ought to patiently put up with the weaknesses of those who are not strong and not just please ourselves. So basically, for those of us that are mature Christians, you should not look down on people who are babes in Christ, people who are new to the faith. Once again, my favorite story I like to tell is about my pastor, John Brown, who talks about how he used to smoke in the prayer meetings. And the people there were gracious enough to, like, in the actual prayer meetings. Like, nowadays, you can't even smoke inside of buildings. Back then, it was different. But, yeah, this, he, yeah, and no, and people were there were gracious with him because they knew they saw something. They saw, they saw what Christ saw, not they saw with spiritual eyes, not with earthly eyes. And that's something that's you always have to do when you look at people, anybody, like not look at them and speak life into them. Like I don't care who fill in the blank, whatever sin, I don't see people as fornicators. I don't see people as Adulterers. I don't see people as homosexuals. I don't see people as alcoholics. I don't see people as drug addicts. Or at least I try my best not to do that. I try my best to see somebody with spiritual eyes of who, like that person is a leader in, in the body of Christ. That person is a pillar in the body of Christ. That per, Even if they haven't even accepted Jesus Christ, even though they don't, want to, they don't have anything to do with Christianity, they curse at God. They call Christians hypocrites. They live however they want to live. Like, it's important to not look at people through that lens and pray and encourage them to speak life into them, not based on what we see in front of us, but who God has made them to be. That's even bigger than potential because potential sometimes, potential is based on what we think they should be. But the identity of their identity in Christ is way bigger than just potential. All right, verse two, let each one of us make it a practice to please his neighbor for his good, to build him up spiritually. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written in scripture, the reproaches of those who reproached you, the father fell on me, the son. For whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction, so that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope and overflow with confidence in his promises. Verse five. Now may the God who gives endurance and who supplies encouragement grant 
that you be of the same mind with one another according to Christ Jesus. Basically, unity. When it says same mind, I think of unity. Verse 6, so that with, yes, yeah, people love to say Christians are, what do they call it, narrow-minded? <laughs> That's one of the biggest phrases that people say about Christians. It's like, uh, yeah, pretty much. It's not really an insult. It's actually a compliment. Somebody calls you narrow-minded, don't get upset. Get, yeah, you should say thank you. Um, It's way better than being broad-minded because broad-minded is confusing. Narrow-minded is clear and concise and, make, yeah, comforting. Verse 6, so that with one accord you may with one voice glorify and praise and honor the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's one of the coolest things about, like, if you've ever been to, I don't know if, for those of y'all have been to prayer meetings, the one of the coolest things is, like, when you go to a prayer meeting, and you share a scripture or you um somebody else yeah somebody else shares a scripture or shares something going on in their life a testimony and that scripture that testimony is the exact scripture that you either like read right before the prayer meeting or you've been meditating on all week or you might have heard another sermon and it's like it's this beautiful unity almost like a symphony you just, it helps you know that, yeah, the body of Christ is all in one accord. And it's really cool when you hear like three different pastors, like you can watch, you can watch sermons like three different pastors and they're all like, even though they might be talking about a different topic, they like all will you like quote the same scripture or they're all be like somehow all their sermons kind of tie with it, tie in with one another. Or like, you know, that the God is speaking similar things to the entire body of Christ it's cool. It's one of the coolest things to me. Or like, yeah, I'll come into a prayer meeting and I have something to share and I'll just wait. I'll just let everybody talk and I'll wait till like the very end of the prayer meeting. I'm like, hey, and I love to say, hey, I would like to love to see who the person is. There's this lady, Ann. I can't remember Ann's last name. And there's this lady at Harmony. And for some reason, we're like always connected in prayer meetings the things she talks about are always like in line with what I'm thinking. It's pretty cool to have like almost like this kindred sister, yeah, within church who is on the same wavelength. Like think, yeah, thinking the same, yeah, God is speaking to y'all about similar stuff. Anyway, verse seven, therefore continue to accept this confirmation that, yeah, we got like for like people like, I th- it's one thing for God to speak to you individually, right? And I'm sometimes kind of jealous of people who like have these whole, like our pastor at Harmony, he just will like journal pages and pages of things that God is speaking to him, right? Or he feels like he like, what well, he feels like the Lord is speaking to him. He just, just write it all out. And um, that's cool. That's dope. But in my opinion, it's way cooler when... Because in that stuff, not to, yeah, not to knock our pastor, but like in that stuff, you can boast about that kind of stuff. Like a man could boast about, oh, I have the, like they can boast. I'm not saying he does that at all. I'm saying, but a man can boast 
in his ability to hear from the Lord. That can be a source of pride, right? But I can't take any credit or boast or take pride in when somebody confirms something in my spirit that I feel like the Lord is speaking to me, right? Or something that I'm dealing with or a challenge that I'm dealing with. And then they speak up and they quote that exact scripture that the Lord has been speaking to me about or whatever I feel like the Lord is, the word of the Lord for that day that he wants to speak to the body of Christ and somebody else says it and I'll, I'm quiet, the whole prayer meeting. And somebody else says it. It just makes me smile. Anyway, therefore, verse seven, therefore continue to accept and welcome one another just as Christ has accepted and welcomed us to the glory of our great God. Verse 8, For I tell you that Christ has become a servant and a minister to the circumcision Jews on behalf of God's truth to confirm and verify the promises made to the fathers and the Gentiles to glorify God for his mercy to them, since God had no covenant with them, as it is written and forever remains written. Therefore, I praise you among the Gentiles and sing praises to your name. Again, it says, Rejoice and celebrate, O Gentiles, along with his people. And again, praise the Lord and all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples praise him. Again, Isaiah says, There shall be a root of Jesse. As <laughs> well, that's my kid's stepdad name, Jesse. There shall be a root of Jesse, he who arises to rule as king over the Gentiles, in him shall the Gentiles hope. Verse 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing through the experience of your faith, that by the power of the Holy Spirit you will abound in hope and overflow with confidence in his promises. That's a good exercise, a word study to look up all the places in the Bible where the word overflow is mentioned. Fill me up till I overflow. I want to run over. I want to run over. Fill me up. Do I have that song on my playlist? I don't know if I have it. I need to add it. I like that song by Tasha Cobb. Verse 14. Personally, I am convinced about you, my brothers and sisters, that you yourselves are full of goodness Amply filled with all spiritual knowledge and competent to admonish and counsel and instruct one another. Still, on some points, I have written to you very boldly and without reservation to remind you about them again because of the grace that was given to me from God to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles. I minister as a priest, the gospel of God, in order that my offering of the Gentiles may become acceptable to him, sanctified, made holy and set apart for his purpose by the Holy Spirit in Christ Jesus, then I have found legitimate reason for boasting in things related to my service to God. For I will not even presume to speak of anything except what Christ has done through me as an instrument in his hands, resulting in the obedience of the Gentiles to the gospel by word and deed, with the power of signs and wonders, and all of it in the power of the Spirit. So starting from Jerusalem, and as far away as Elyricum, I fully preached the gospel, faithfully preaching the good news of Christ where it had not been preached. Accordingly, I set a goal to preach the gospel, not where Christ's name was already known, so that I would not build on another man's foundation. 
But instead, I would act on this goal as it is written in scripture. They who had no news of him shall see, and they who had not heard of him shall understand. So, oh man, they that had not, listen to this, y'all. It said, yeah, they who had no news of him shall see, and they who had not heard of him shall understand. He's quoting the scripture there. And so, I think that's in Isaiah somewhere. Anyway, but um, here, like I just had an epiphany. If you back to Romans 27, right? I mean, I mean, Acts 27, when Paul is shipwrecked, one of the very things that people commonly wonder, I've heard Christian ask this, like, so like, how does God, how's God going to hold accountable people that are in these like remote villages in the middle of nowhere? You know, these like the bush people, these indigenous people who've never heard of Jesus Christ, who've never seen him. Yeah, the and the evangelists haven't made it to their island yet, right? Or the Bible hasn't been translated into a language yet. How has God handled that? And it's like, Jesus, the Holy Spirit can reveal himself to anybody, anywhere, all over the world. And they will be held accountable for whatever knowledge that they have. Even if they have never met Jesus, like God has already made, revealed his attributes to mankind. Like he's, he's given us a conscience in like every society usually has created some form of laws or rules. It's just, the nature of God is in us to do that. And so um, they even have, yeah, a lot of times they have their own like like set of rules, but it all, like some of them like indigenous parts, like if somebody does something or screws something up within the community, you you going to die. He's going to get killed. Anyway, um, yes, Paul, or like, yeah, they'll cut your hand off if you steal something, stuff like that. Uh, they don't fool around with prisons. They ain't got time for that. <laughs> like, hey, we're going to take justice in our own hands, swift, swift justice. But like, yeah, Paul, when he was shipwrecked, those were indigenous people on that island that he landed on. And they, yeah, they thought he was a God when he was doing all the stuff he was doing. And so, yes, Roman, I mean, Acts 27 is a confirmation of this very scripture right here. They who had no news of him shall see, and they who had have not heard of him shall understand. And Jesus is revealing himself and being the hands and feet of Jesus through missionaries and people right now all across the world doing similar story. There's stories every day of things just like Acts 27. There's a whole story, if you look it up, about these guys who went to this remote village somewhere in the middle of nowhere, somewhere in one of the islands. And yeah, and um, they got speared. And then I guess the people in that village saw the guy's spirits like being, I don't know, resurrect, like floating into the air or something like that. And it frightened them. And then when the wives of those husbands went to go minister the gospel to them, they were more receptive to the wives. So, yeah, go Google that story. I can't remember exactly where country it was. Yeah, Google like guys killed yeah christian missionaries killed by indigenous people and wives evangelize them it's a yeah it's a powerful story all right that happened this happening right now every day across the world 
All right, verse 22. This goal, my commitment to this principle is the reason why I have often been prevented from coming to you in Rome. Verse 23. But now with no further place for work in these regions, and since I have longed for many years to come to you, whenever I go on my trip to Spain, I hope to see you as I pass through Rome and to be helped on my journey. Is it raining again? Today has been such a weird day. Like earlier this morning, I heard it raining. And now it sounds like it's raining again, like pouring down. Yeah, I think that's rain, y'all. I hope it doesn't rain tomorrow. Tomorrow's supposed to be my day with my daughter, Ava, who's celebrating her birthday. Gonna pretty much do whatever she wants. Only thing she told me, she mainly, she said she wants to go to Shake Shack. And that's it. I don't know what, I, yeah, I don't know if she wants to go see the new Mermaid movie or what. Man, I don't know. I've been thinking, though, I was like, I had this thought. I was going to be super candid with y'all, candid moment. I had this thought. I was like, all right. My daughter, me, when I take my daughters out on these dates, right, I am showing them how, what to kind of expect from a man when a man takes you out to date. So like, like I'm trying, I'm, I'm not perfect, but yeah, my goal is to try at least set a bar for this is the basics of what you should look for in a man, right? That, yeah, what I said out loud, like I'm demonstrating what a man should be like, right? And, um, what kind of man you should be looking for and how he should treat you. And so I really should have come up with, I'm not a planner. <laughs> I'm not a planner. Uh, I'm more of an adventurous. It's kind of like the go with the flow, however the day goes. Yeah. I kind of probably should have come up with some kind of plans though. Like of like, come on, like bought tickets for some event. I might look up when we're done, like look up some tickets for something um, going on, some kind of play or I don't know. But I kind of want, what I was thinking, though, I was like, ah, if she wants to go see the the new Mermaid movie, I'm fine with that. But I kind of don't think it's good for girl, young ladies to go on, go out to the movies with a guy in the movie theater. Because I know what I was doing inside the movie theater, (laughs) even as a young boy. Shoot, I remember me in some little summer camp sitting next to some little young lady. And my hands were not in the best places. Yeah, yeah. It was like the ushers line. I'm, I'm putting my plan. I got plans to put my hands in places I've never seen. Girl, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, that's what I was doing back then. So it's like I don't. I want my. It's almost like I want. I know what I was like as a young boy. And even as an older boy dating my their their mom, right? And I don't know if she wants to go see the mermaid movie, great. But um, yeah, I kind of want her to be able to learn like, hey, when God takes you out, especially on the first date, first couple of dates, He needs to like take you somewhere where y'all have an opportunity to talk, get him talking, <laughs> get that boy talking. Don't be afraid to ask questions. 
go ahead and interview him. There's nothing wrong with interviewing. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> just get him talking. And yeah, let him expose his own red flags. Because yeah, when you're in a movie theater, yeah, there's not a whole lot of talking done. Um, we'll see. We'll see how things go. Um, I need to look up and see... I need to like look up fun things to do for a 10-year-old girl. I guess I could take her to get her nails done. Uh, get the spa treatment. <laughs> she doesn't really need her hair done. Her mom already does that. She has a naturally curly hair. Um, yeah, take her to get a facial and nails done and all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm just going to take her to do whatever she want to do. Yeah. Have a fun time. Anyway, y'all pray for me, though. Because <laughs> I have no clue what I'm doing. I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm just winging it, y'all. As my grandpa used to say, presence of a presence. Just me being there, I think, yeah, it counts for something, right? All right, verse 22. This goal, my commitment to this principle, is the reason why I have often been prevented from coming to you in Rome. But now, with no further place for work in these regions, and since I have longed for many years to come to you, whenever I go on my trip to Spain, I hope to see you as I pass through Rome and to be helped on my journey there by you, after I have first enjoyed your company for a little while. For now, I am going to Jerusalem to serve the saints, Jewish believers, for Gentile believers in Macedonia and Achaia, I have been pleased to make a contribution for the poor among the saints, Jewish believers in Jerusalem. They were pleased to do it, and they are indebted to them. For if the Gentiles have come to share in their spiritual things, then they are indebted to serve them also in tangible material things. Therefore, when I have finished this mission and have safely given to them what has been raised, I will go on by my way on by way of you to Spain. I know that when I do come to you, I will come in the abundant blessing of Christ. I urge you, believers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit to join together with me in your prayers to God in my behalf and pray that I may be rescued from the unbelievers in Judea and that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints, Jewish believers there, so that by God's will I may come to you with joy and find rest in your company. May God, may the God of peace be with you all. Amen. I'm be real with y'all. I totally like kind of spaced out as I read that, but he pretty much was just saying, hey, I need y'all, like, please pray for my help. Yeah, help me uh, so that I can continue on my mission without being uh any more roadblocks not roadblocks road blocks <laughs> we want what are we gonna call this recording uh what was like say the main thing unity
Because in the beginning, it's talking about we who are strong in our convictions and faith ought to patiently put up with the weaknesses of those who are not strong and not just please ourselves. Let each one of us make it a practice to please his neighbor for his good, to build up, build him up spiritually. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, okay. I don't know, I'm just gonna call this unity. Or one one voice. One band, one sound. There you go. <laughs> Romans three twenty three says, For all have sinned or missed the mark or veered off the path and fallen short of the glory of God or God's perfect standard. Romans six twenty three says, For the wages of the cost of that sin is death or eternal separation from God. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Romans 5a says, But God demonstrated his love toward us, or showed his love toward us, in that while we were still yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. Romans 10 verse 9 through 10 says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will not might be, not maybe, we will be saved. For with our hearts we believe we are now in right standing with God, and with our mouths we confess that we are now saved. Lastly, Romans 10 verse 13 says that whosoever, anybody, everybody, who calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So if you never asked Jesus into your heart, or you've walked away from him, and you would like to rededicate your life to him, you can just simply say, Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin and trust Jesus Christ alone as my Savior. Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus. In Jesus' mighty precious name I pray. Amen.